Now, to celebrate our new fall season, we have a special guest, an English professor and novelist, Viet Tan Nguyen, who won the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for fiction for his debut novel, The Sympathizer. Professor Wynne joins us now to tell us about uh, his first-hand knowledge of being a war refugee, stories of overcoming cultural challenges, how he empathises with the ongoing refugee and migrant crises around the world, and how he melts all this into his writing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Alex. I've got to say, it's just an incredible feat to win a Pulitzer Prize for your first novel. Did you ever expect that? Uh, I, I had no expectation of that at all. It was obviously a very pleasant surprise, a, a great shock, and I've just been spending the last couple of years trying to, to live up to it. What were your realistic expectations then for this novel? Uh, how did it even come about, uh, as I said, sort of melting these real-life thoughts and experiences into uh, fiction? I just wanted to write a novel that would be provocative and that would say something different about uh, the Vietnam War, which is my history, but also the history of the United States, of Vietnam, and and a history that involves many other countries, because the Vietnam War was a global um, historical event. It includes uh, South Koreans as well, for example. And I felt that I'd read a a large amount of material about this war, uh, both from the American and Vietnamese perspective, and felt that there was still something that remained to be said. And that's what the ambition of The Sympathizer was. And really, all I wanted was for the novel to be read and and well-received, uh, maybe win a small prize or two, but certainly not the, the Pulitzer. And the genesis for it was simply that my agent told me I had to write a novel, and I, I always wanted to write one. And I chose the spy novel genre uh, because I like spy novels, uh, but also because a spy novel allows me to get into many different kinds of historical and political issues and to hopefully also be an enjoyable read for the reader. Yeah, so you describe this as a a man with two faces and two minds. I guess that's a kind of description of, of many spies. Sometimes spies take on more than two faces and two minds. How do you, though, uh, a, a professor and someone with an interest and genuine background in Vietnam yes, as you said, with an interest in spy novels, actually write something believable in that genre? Well, I've read, again, a great number of spy novels, and and, uh, and I've read a great degree of literature and history about the Vietnam War. So I think I already was familiar with both the genre of the spy novel and also with the details of of the history. And I'd also, by that time, written a book of short stories, so I at least knew how to, a little bit about how to, write, how to write fiction. But writing a novel was certainly a leap of faith. I'd never written one before. I had no idea if I could or not, um, and simply because my agent told me and I had to do it, I, I began. And what was really amazing to me about that experience was that this was the right book for me at that time. I really wanted to, to tell this story. I really felt like I had an intervention to make into the stories that have been told about the Vietnam War in the United States, in Vietnam, all over the world. And my passion and my capacity as a writer and my interest in this genre and this history all came together very uh, fortuitously for me. Well, maybe we can just elaborate a little bit further without giving away too much. You said before as well um, that you felt there was something more to say about a subject that's been so widely covered in history books and the creative medium. What exactly or what uh, kind of areas were they? 
I think in general, when people tell war stories, it doesn't really matter whether they're Americans or Vietnamese or, or Koreans, they tend to tell stories that express their own side, their own passions, their own interests, their own convictions. And that, that was certainly true of the Vietnam War. But every, every, almost everything I read was told from one uh, nationality or one side's point of view. So hundreds and thousands of, of American books, for example, as important as they were, kept reiterating that this is an American experience. And then you go to the victorious Vietnamese side. Again, they emphasize what happened to the victorious Vietnamese. You go to the South Vietnamese side, they dwell on their experiences and their losses. And I thought that there was, there needed to be a book that could talk about all those different sides, those different perspectives, to be empathetic with all of them, and yet to criticize them as well. Because my reading of the, of the war was that it was a tragedy, uh, not because one side was right and one side was wrong, but because all the different sides had reasons, legitimate reasons, to believe that they were right. And that's what the crux of the novel is. I mean, besides it being about a spy who gets caught up in all this history, it is a novel about this tragedy as seen from all sides, uh, and which criticizes all sides because all sides committed various kinds of atrocities and did terrible things. And what you know makes them have something in common is that they all choose to emphasize their own humanity and to deny that they ever did anything wrong. And this novel, who uh, you know tries to be empathetic to everyone, everyone, but also holds them to account for the terrible things that they did. It makes me think of ourselves on this peninsula confronting a, a very difficult history, often through victimhood, but also through the lens of Vietnam, potential atrocities as well. Uh, and it calls to mind exactly what you were saying before about two sides or two faces, two minds almost on the same kind of issue. And I know a little bit about what happened on the Korean Peninsula, what is still going on with this unfinished Korean War. And I also learned a lot about what the role of South Korea was during the Vietnam War, which doesn't really arise in The Sympathizer, but I deal with it in another book called Nothing Ever Dies, Vietnam and the Memory of War. And I find it very fascinating because both North and South Korea are, are engaged in exactly the same dynamic, as, as you point out. They both believe in their own stories of heroism, and they both believe that they're right, and they both cast the other side as the, the enemy in, in various different kinds of ways. And they have a hard time acknowledging the validity of, of the other side. And that, I think, you know, part of my argument in my novel and in Nothing Ever Dies is that we won't ever really be able to achieve peace until we acknowledge not just our own humanity and not only the humanity of the other side, which is hard enough to do, but our own inhumanity, what, what terrible things we've done. And certainly in the South Korean account of, of, the, of the Korean War, it's all about South Korean heroism and, and very little about you know, the atrocities that South Koreans have also uh, committed. And that is what happens then in South Korean memories of what the South Koreans did during the Vietnam War, uh, that South Koreans remember that. They tend to remember their participation as, as a heroic one, increasingly so as the years have passed, but historical record in Vietnam shows a much darker uh, history of what South Korea did there. Mm. We are the, the product of our history. Uh, we can't escape that. We are also the product of our times. And if I may, given our time restraints, just shift to the present moment and the major problems of identity, consolidating ethnicity and nationhood. 
together in the U.S., a country where that's supposed to happen more easily than Vietnam and South Korea, where where sort of ethnicity and nationhood are almost taken for granted as being so tightly woven? You know, the United States is a country built on contradictions, which probably makes it no different than, than any other country, including Vietnam and, and South Korea. And in the, the United States case, you know, the, the particular contradiction is that it is a country that is founded on two completely opposing principles or, or histories. One is that it is a country that believes in democracy and equality and pluralism and inclusion, which is all fantastic. I love all those things. And yet it is a, it's a country founded also on uh, conquest, on colonization, genocide, slavery. These are undeniable facts of American history. And they lurk there They're in, in our history, There's, and they, they are so completely embedded in our, in our realities today that they continue to manifest themselves in various kinds of racism, the nationalism, and many of the current conflicts that are happening in the United States, I think, are conflicts between these, these two kinds of histories. And because the United States has not really fully confronted the past, not really fully confronted what things like slavery or, or genocide have meant, uh, we continue to have these eruptions in the American present uh, around these unresolved historical um, legacies. And that's playing out with a, a crisis of how to deal with separated families, uh, the, the, the whole really unnecessary tragedy of separating children from their parents, sending parents back to Latin American countries while children are, are waiting, uh, in, still waiting in some cases for months. But your ideas on this go beyond just being a, a professor in the U.S. with a Vietnamese background. You yourself had the traumatic experience of being separated from your parents. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I came as a refugee to the United States in 1975 when I was four years old, when the Vietnam War ended and my family was on the losing side. And uh, the United States took in 130,000 Vietnamese refugees because it felt an obligation uh, to these Vietnamese that the United States had uh, fought a war with. And we ended up in the United States and in a refugee camp. And in order to leave these refugee camps, Vietnamese, Vietnamese refugees had to find an American sponsor. No American sponsor would take my entire family, so one sponsor took my parents, one sponsor took my 10-year-old brother, one sponsor took four-year-old me. And, and that's where my memories begin, in being taken away from my parents. And it was, it was a very painful experience. I remember howling and screaming. I don't think I understood how painful that might, must have been for my parents. I, and I don't... I don't I think I understood how painful it was for me. I, I suppressed that experience for, for decades uh, and, and never really acknowledged the emotional damage that that did to me. Now I'm, I'm the father of five-year-olds, and I can see much more clearly how painful it would have been for, it was for my parents to, to have their, their son taken away from them. And so when I see things like children being separated from their parents at the border, to me it doesn't matter whether this is a question of legality or whether people are documented or, or undocumented. I think we can have debates about how immigration policy should be conducted and so on. But I think it's basically, it, it, we should not be having a debate about separating parents from their children. That's right. inhumane, it's immoral, and it is shocking, but not surprising at the same time that there are a considerable number of Americans who, who want to take a hard-line policy, a hard-line stance on this policy. I, again, Americans are not unique. Many people all over the world would, would want to do the same thing. 
so this this crisis at the American border is is a crisis that we share with with many other countries, and it's the role of writers, people like me, to try to speak out about this, to remind us all about our human yeah. and our moral obligation. We are now out of time, but very briefly, is that something that will inevitably find its way not just into your voice, but uh, into your writing? Oh, of course. I mean, I write about it all the time in op-eds and, and things for the newspaper, but it will it does surface in the fiction. And I just edited a book called The Displaced, Refugee Writers on Refugee Lives, featuring 17 writers from 17 or a dozen different refugee experiences all over the world, speaking exactly about these kinds of issues. Well, please do keep up the fight and we'll watch out for your future work after an incredible start with the 2016 Pulitzer Prize winning The Sympathizer, Professor Viet Thanh Nguyen from the University of Southern California. Great to have you with us on the line today. Thank you so much, Alex. It was a real pleasure.